Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, March 3rd edition of the MLB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. This is the first of two podcasts this morning. Uh, in about 40 minutes from now, actually not even 40 minutes, like half an hour from now, uh, myself and Cole Sheldon will be breaking down UFC 248. So definitely tune into that. Basically, immediately following this podcast, I'm going to do the show, take a quick break, get a bite to eat, and then I'll drop on the uh, next podcast with Cole breaking down this weekend's card, but uh, definitely some new stock. So let's get right into it. Start with Divas and Figueredo. He says he's open to a uh, rematch with Joseph Benavidez. So there's a chance this could happen. Uh, Cole spoke to Waleed, and he'll probably talk about it in the next podcast, but Cole spoke to Waleed, I think this morning or last night, and Waleed did confirm that the UFC is talking to them about a possible rematch with Benavidez, which doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, he got smoked. Like, it wasn't even a close fight. I know he missed weight by two, two and a half pounds, uh, Figueredo, obviously, but uh, I really don't feel like that's going to change the outcome of the fight. I just feel like it was a dominant performance by Davis and Figueredo. Had it been a close fight, was it like a split decision or controversial decision? Yeah, I can understand a rematch, but you got a fight where a guy knocked the other guy out in devastating fashion, was pretty much beating the punch the whole fight, and now they're going to do a possible rematch. Again, it's not official, but the UFC has contacted Team Figueredo about it, and obviously, I'm sure Benavidez will be open to it. He was medically suspended yesterday for three months. So he's going to be out for a little while. But uh, that could obviously be changed by a doctor. But either way, I mean, there's definitely a chance this fight could happen in the summer. And, uh, you know, we were talking about yesterday about what's the future of the flyweight division. Possibly a rematch between Davis and Figueroa and Joseph Benavidez. I'd like to hear what you guys think about this. I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, don't think it makes that much sense at this moment. But I think the other thing is, like, this division is very shallow, right? Uh, Cole told me that uh, while he was saying they are open to a Brandon Moreno fight for a vacant belt. That fight makes more sense. Moreno coming off a nice win over a Kai Kara France, a very good fight in this division. It's crazy though, right? Like these, some of these guys are not really household names that they're being talked about for this title shot and, and they might do a rematch. It, it's kind of a weird division right now. I don't know. Like I still feel like there's a chance it can get closed down for sure, but I feel like the UFC wants to give it a try at least once and they might end up doing this fake a title rematch again. So not a huge fan of the rematch. Don't think it makes a lot of sense, but, uh, you know, figure it'll miss that weight. And it gave a little bit of an asterisk to the result of the fight. And speaking of the flyweight division, Demetrius Johnson, he was on aerial show yesterday. He was talking about it, asked what he thought about the division and basically said he doesn't care about it. Doesn't care if it closes down, doesn't care what's going on. Clearly uh, not a happy camper with the way the UFC Kind of the way it ended with him in the UFC, he was traded to one championship. I think he's doing great in one, though. I don't think he needs to be sour. I, I do think he does not care. He did his thing there for seven years. He was a champion. He was a great champion, uh, really one of the best fighters in the world. But the UFC had a hard time promoting him. I don't think he's the most exciting guy. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's a boring fighter. I think he's got a lot of exciting performances in his career. But uh, the UFC had a hard time really promoting him. Um, just, I think, as a smaller guy, too. So he obviously is a little bit bitter towards the way things ended, and for good reason. But, yeah, he it's funny when you hear the best flyweight of all time saying he doesn't care about the division, doesn't care what happens to it. Clearly shows that there is a lack of interest in the division right now. And, again, I would not be surprised if the UFC did shut it down. I think this year is like a last-ditch effort. They're going to see if it works. If it doesn't, it's going to go the way of, well, I don't even know what other division got closed. The lightweight division back in the early 2000s. All right, uh, Israel Adesanya, he was also on aerial show. So there was like a video going around the other day of him having some sort of like mark on his arm, looked like a bump or some sort of scab. And he says it is not staph infection. He said it was just like a little, uh, he just like hurt it in training or something. Nothing big, said it wasn't a big deal. 
you would hope that he's telling the truth. It didn't look very good. A lot of people were thinking it was staff, but uh, he says it wasn't. So I believe the champ here. But yeah, I mean, he's better be 100% because this fight this weekend is not going to be an easy one for anyone. It's a crazy fight, uh, obviously, with Romero. He's better be at 100% for this fight because uh, if he's not, Romero could really take it to him. Romero's got great cardio and uh, amazing wrestling. So it should be an interesting fight. We'll break it down later this afternoon or later this morning, excuse me. And uh, I got a comment here. Turn up on me. Combine the flyweight band. Bantamweight division into 130 pounds. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, there's a lot of big 135ers, man. I don't think they can make 130. But I'm with you in that a lot of these guys probably should move up to 135. You know, I've I've never been, like, like huge on the flyweight division like I am with, like, the light heavyweight division or, like, welterweight or something like that, like these really good divisions, like marquee divisions the UFC's had over the years. But I do think there, there was a place for flyweight. I just think right now, I don't know if there is. Like, there just aren't that many fighters. Like, the rankers have a hard time even doing top 15 fighters. I feel bad for the guys, obviously, the smaller dudes. Like, they'll struggle at 135. But I think a lot of these guys can compete at 135. Like, Joseph Benavides was a really good 135-er before he moved to 125. Uh, I think that a guy like uh, Davis and Figueroa will probably show you fine at 135. I mean, he just missed weight. He probably should be a 135-er. Um, John Lineker's not in the UFC anymore, but I think, you know, he was a great uh, flyweight, but he couldn't make weight. 135, he was pretty good. He, of course, missed weight there as well. But the point is, I think a lot of these smaller guys – couldn't move up a few pounds to 135. I just don't think the bigger guys at 135 could drop down to 130. But, uh, yeah, I, I am thinking that that could be a possibility he's heard it up MMA, that they could combine flyweight and bandweight at some point. Uh, Paul Felder, another guest on Ariel's show, and he uh, was asked about his comments following the fight with Dan Hooker where he said he probably wasn't going to fight again. He basically said that it was he in the moment, and he's thought about it, he wants to keep fighting. But he wants a main event. He only wants to fight main events, uh, fighting cards or pay-per-views. Doesn't really want to open up cards. And you can't blame the guy. I mean, he said he loved being on the poster. He loved the limelight. And, you know, he deserves it. I mean, the guy's put on some amazing fights for the fans. The last fight with Hooker was an absolute war. I mean, he left everything in the cage. So did Hooker. It was a super close fight. Amazing fight. Uh, he said Ally Quint is a fight he's interested in. They were supposed to fight a few years ago at the UFC card where Carter threw the dolly at the bus. And, of course, I Quinta went up to the main event and fought Habib. But Paul Felder was supposed to fight him that night. Paul Felder was actually, I believe, ranked higher than Ally Quinta that night. But the problem was he did not make the championship weight during the actual weigh-ins. He weighed in at, like, I think 155 and a half, whereas I Quinta weighed in at 155. And that's why he got the title shot instead. I think Felder could have got it that night. So it sucks. It kind of didn't work out very well. Paul Feller's kind of been screwed a few times in his career. But, uh, yeah, he wants Iaquinta again. That's a fight that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Iaquinta's ranked a little bit lower than Felder, but still a uh, very accomplished fighter and I think a well-respected fighter. So, to me, that's actually a pretty fun fight, and I wouldn't mind it if it did indeed happen. Let's get to some fight announcements right now. UFC 249 gets a really nice lightweight belt between Islam Makachev and Alexander Hernandez. I really like this fight. Both these guys are ranked. Makachev 14, Hernandez number 15. It's a fun fight. I mean, Makachev's been calling out for a ranked guy for a while now. No one wanted to fight him. Really because he's so dangerous, but he is ranked in the lower half of the top 15. So you can't blame guys like, I'm not saying Paul Felder ducked him by any means, or even like a guy like Gaethje. I'm not saying these guys didn't want to fight him, but why would they fight him? Why would they fight a guy ranked lower than him when they were trying to move up the ranking? So he was in a tough spot, but now he is getting a fight against Hernandez. But uh, it, Makachev, 7-1 in the UFC, 18-1 in his career. I mean, that's a great record. The one loss to Martins five years ago now. It's been a while since that loss, and he's coming off six straight wins, including some nice wins over guys like Davey Ramos and Nick Lentz. So this guy's look good. I mean, he is a teammate, obviously, of Khabib. He's good friends with Habib and kind of a similar fighting style. I think more stand-up oriented than Habib, but uh, definitely a, a really good grappling game as well. And he'll be taking on Alexander Hernandez here. 
who ironically replaced it actually against Ronaldo uh, last year, which is a fight that uh, some people thought was a controversial decision. Um, Hernandez, 11-2 in his career. He is 3-1 in the UFC, coming off a win over Ronaldo, which again, controversial. But overall, he's looked pretty good. He has that nice knockout win over Darius in his debut. It was a great win for him. Also a win over OAM and the loss to Cerrone. So this is a well-matched fight. I think both guys are, are pretty evenly matched here. Essentially the same age. Bakachev, 28. Hernandez, 27. So very close in age. I would definitely favor Makachev, though, I think. Um, I just think he is a little bit more well-rounded and a little bit more dangerous, but definitely an interesting fight and a nice addition to UFC 249. I think it needed a fight like this. Kevin Scott, I think it was the New York City Commission who, that wouldn't let Feller take the V fight because he wasn't ranked high enough. That's why I went to – okay, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mention the rankings when I was just talking, but I also think it had something to do with the, the weight uh, in that he came over at 155, which is not a big deal. Allowated at 155.2, Feller made 155. His commission said – Felder can fight for the title. He's not in top 15. Okay, well, there you go, guys, which is stupid. I mean, this was two years ago, so no need to get into too much. But I uh, appreciate you guys jogging my memory there, Adrian and Kevin. Uh, I remember that fight. I was, I, I was at the grocery store. or I, was there, I remember that incident. I was at the grocery store shopping and reading up on my phone, and uh, I was sitting there, you know, walking down the grocery aisle, and I'm like, Conor Gregor gets into a bus accident. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? So I remember that day very, very well. It's a funny day. Turn up, man. You and Cole doing your UFC 248 breakdown video. Yeah. In half an hour, we'll be doing it in half an hour. So definitely stay online. Or actually, I'll be opening up a new chat for that. But yeah, you guys should definitely tune into that. I can't wait to talk about this card. It's going to be a good card. Uh, I've been studying it all night. So definitely a good card. Let's continue doing the fight announcements. Uh, UFC Columbus. This is a fun fight to you guys. Marlon Vera against Eddie Wineland. I like this fight. It's a fun one. You know, Marlon Vera, he should get a ranked opponent. But I, I, there's, again, a lot of guys at one at uh, 135 just don't want to fight a guy ranked in the lower half to super dangerous like marlon vera is so can't blame him too much i mean the guy is <clears throat> very dangerous coming off a really nice win over andre ewell by tko and this guy's won his last five fights by stoppage actually his last seven wins are by stopping so for abandonment this guy finishes almost everyone he's extremely dangerous you know, when Marlon Vera first came in the UFC, I did not think much about him. I'm like, this guy's not much, nothing special when he came off the Ultimate Fighter Latin America. But my God, he's turned into a great fighter. He really has. Um, and this is an interesting fight against Wyland because I'm pretty sure these guys are going to stay in trade. And Wyland is an excellent striker. He has a lot of knockout power. He's very technical to striking. Uh, he's coming off a really nice win over Grigori Popov, knocked him out. And uh, his last four wins are by knockout. So he's struggled a little bit lately. But if you look at who he's lost to, mostly. Like pretty highly ranked guys. This is a very good fight. It's a fun one to watch. It should be a fun one to watch, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. But you got to favor Marlon Vera. I just think based on the age difference, he's uh, Eddie Wine is 35. Marlon Vera is double checking here. I think he's 27. Yeah, 27. So eight years age difference, and also he's coming off five straight wins. So the momentum is in Marlon Vera's favor. But Eddie Wine again, a very good fighter, an underrated fighter, I think, and it should be a good fight. Kevin Scott, yeah. UFC weighing Alex Enderpass to make the title fight officials one of the funniest weigh-in day moments I can recall. That is pretty funny. Uh, okay, another fight announcement here. UFC San Diego, Courtney Casey against Laura Procopio. So Courtney Casey moving up to 125. And I think that's a good move for her. I mean, you know what? She's actually a pretty good fighter. She is only 8-7 and seven in her career. If, look, look, if you look at her UFC record, it's not very good. It's 4-6. and six. But She's been in almost every fight. She's lost a lot of really close decisions, never been finished in the UFC, all of her losses by decision, uh, and mostly to elite fighters. So I think this is actually uh, 
a good move for her to move to 125 because she was a bigger straw weight and a five foot seven. She's pretty tall. So I think this is a good move to moving up to 125 for her against Procopio and uh, Laura Procopio, six and one record. She's fought the one time in the UFC lost to Carol Rosa last year by split decision. That was on the China card, I believe, the one where Zhang knocked out Andrade. Yeah, that is. So don't really have too much recollection on that fight. I might have been sleeping in that one because I think it took place at like 3 in the morning. But, uh, yeah, you got to fear Courtney Casey, obviously, just based on the experience. But Procopio is a little bit younger, so you never really know. And uh, last fight announcement here, Kadis Ibrahimov against Roman Dalidzi at UFC Kazakhstan. That's June 13th in Kazakhstan. Uh Kedris Imagimov is 8-2, and two, and he's lost both these UFC fights to Ed Herman and Dan Jung, but both fights were pretty exciting. The Ed Herman fight was a really good fight. Ed Herman, man, he looked good in that fight, but yeah, it was a fun fight to watch, so he gets another chance here against Dalizzi, who's 6-0. and oh. He actually was supposed to fight twice in the UFC, and both fights were canceled, so this is his third chance to fight, to actually fight. Uh, all six of his professional wins were by stoppage. His first two wins were by heel hook, which is crazy for a bigger guy uh for like heavyweight but uh yeah it's last three wins by knockout including his last win by spinning back fist so the ufc clearly saw something here from him he is from georgia so not too far from kazakhstan uh definitely should be a good fight i mean these guys are both pretty dangerous but uh yeah i think based on what we see for avery gimov not sure if he's well ufc caliber takes a lot of punishment in his fights got a favor to Lizzie, but the layoff definitely is a worry for sure so that's going to be it for the fight announcements Kevin sent me some questions in email, so I'm going to get to those, Kevin, right now. Two questions from Kevin Scott. I'll get to them right now. Hi, Adam. Two questions for you. Is Santiago Ponzinibbio ever coming back? Yeah, this is a great question, Kevin. Uh, man, like, what happened, right? Like, he was on the rise. He looked like a guy that was going to compete for the belt. He was actually supposed to fight Robbie Lawler last year at UFC 245 in December in Vegas. The fight was scrapped due to staff infection so that's why you at the pull out but man look at his record I mean, he's seven fight win streak including a knockout win over neil magny's last fight he also has a win over mike perry in that time and overall 92 in the ufc so an excellent record and he really is a good fighter i mean very dangerous striker pretty good uh takedown defense and good cardio but hasn't fought since november 2018 against neil magny who ironically will compete this weekend it's in his first fight since uh november 2018 so both guys coming off long layoffs, obviously. I don't know when Ponzinibbio is going to fight, man. I don't know if they're saving him for a card in South America or something, but I really hope he comes back soon. Um, he might have been dropped in the rankings. I'm going to double-check that, but I know that he definitely moved down if he hasn't been dropped yet. He hasn't fought in so long. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, Ponzinibbio has been dropped, so that sucks for him, obviously, because he was on such a nice roll, and really he should be ranked at the top 10. But when you don't fight, you get dropped off the rankings, unless you're Conor McGregor, where you can stay on forever. So that sucks, man. I would like to say Ponzinibbio comes back this summer, man, Kevin, but I really don't know. Also, would you take a look at the records of people? This is Kevin's second question. Would you take a look at the records of the people Chicka Daisy has beaten? There are a total of 1363 with 10 of those from Bayon Davis, the wins, I think. And then the only other one of his opponents with more than one win was 2 and 31. The guy's definition of a can crusher. Yeah, he is. If I'm not mistaken, he's like a glory kickboxer. So I think that, you know, a lot of his experience is common in kickboxing, mostly, um, rather than in MMA. But, yeah, if you look at who's fine, I mean, those guys are – they're not very good. Now, I am looking at his topology right now. I guess, like, Austin Springer would probably 
his better best opponent besides Brand Davis. But yeah, if you look at who's who's beaten, yeah, the CJ Baines guy two and thirty one. I mean, that is just terrible. Like if you're two and thirty one, I'm not gonna be a hater, you guys. Like actually, this guy's this guy's two and thirty three now. CJ Baines. I don't want to sound like a hater because honestly, I have respect for anyone who steps in the octagon or the cage. It is such a tough, dangerous sport. But when you're two and thirty three, is this really what you want to do with your life? Like. Seriously, man. Like, I'm looking at this guy's record right now. He has lost his last 10 fights by stoppage. All of his losses in his career by stoppage, this dude, CJ Baines. This guy is the definition of a can. I mean, this is just, wow. You do need, I will say this, you do need guys like this, like cans, because young up-and-coming fighters with talent need to fight guys like this to build their confidence and beat them. But this dude, 2-33, I mean, I've seen some bad MMA records, but Kevin, I'm glad you brought this guy up because this is just terrible. And he hasn't fought anyone decent either. He's just this is the only guy he's fought that's good. Jiggy Chiggy All his other wins and losses are against just really bad fighters. But you know that's the regional scene in MMA. All those guys' fights are gladiator challenge. I'm just amazed how bad this guy's record is. Like, go check this guy out. TJ Bain on Topology. My God, that's bad. And just looking at some of the other opponents he's faced, Jiggy has uh, this guy Julian Hernandez 0 13. What's his record now? 0 14. Ooh, he's even worse now. Yeah, I don't understand some of these guys. It's like. Like, if you're friends with someone that is, like, 2-33 and 33 in MMA, would you really be like, hey, man, you should keep doing this. Like, it's your passion. Keep following it. Would you be like, hey, maybe you should not do this anymore because you're probably getting hurt and you're probably not making much money. Maybe it's not really for you. Like, again, not trying to be a hater. A lot of guys fight for free. I get that. They want the experience. They want that rush of being in the octagon or the cage or whatever. But seriously, like, this is such a dangerous sport that I don't think you can just do it for fun. So, anyways, it's just that's just a different argument. I've seen some bad records, though, and that one that – that I just mentioned this beans guy. My God, that's bad. Two and 33. All 33 losses by stoppage. Wow, that is terrible. All right, that's enough for that. Um, let me just see if I forgot any other news here or missed anything. Okay, Chuck Liddell, he spoke to TMZ. He wants to wrestle for WWE, so that's kind of interesting, I guess. He says he's retired. He says he's not going to fight again. He's 50 years old now. You know what? I, I wouldn't hate to see him in WWE. It's not like I, I watched WWE on the regular, but if he came in there, I think it'd cause some excitement, you know, get definitely bring some crossover fans over. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't think it's uh, the worst thing in the world for him to do that, but it is what it is. And then the other thing here is uh, this grappling approach with substars where you had Rumble Johnson wrestle or sumo wrestle, yeah, uh, with Curse Blaze last week. They did not pay their fighters. did not pay their grapplers. That is just pathetic. I just I can't stand these promotions that don't pay their fighters. It makes me so sick. So yeah, they are not paying these guys. There is a uh, like an Instagram message in there. Someone had a DM from them on Instagram saying like, "Hey, uh, I can't pay you guys. I can only pay you ten percent. What I owe you." So it's just disgusting. Like I understand that grappling events will sell a lot of tickets and these promoters don't make a lot of money, but still, like you can't rob your fighters, which is what this promoter just did. So it's really awful to see that, but. You know, it is what it is. Anyways, that's going to be it for this show. I'll be back in 15 minutes with Cole to break down UFC 248. So definitely stay tuned for that. I'll be opening up a new uh, like podcast window to do that. So definitely check that out. Just stay on YouTube and stay on the channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, MMAOnsBreaker.com. It's a great website for MMA betting, but our YouTube channel, definitely subscribe to it. Anyways, uh, that's it for today for this show. Evan Adam Martin on Twitter. I'm available at bjpan.com, mmaoddsbreaker.com, and mmaratings.net. I'll see you guys in about 15 to 20 minutes from now to break down UFC 248. Okay, bye.